A priest, a rabbi, and a magician walk into a bar. Bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve joke setups here. So they all leave. Not long afterwards, a chicken walks into the same bar. Bartender says the same thing. I'm sorry, we don't serve joke setups here. The chicken says, well, then where can a chicken get something to drink? The bartender says, well, there's a bar across the road. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hi there and welcome. It is September 11th, 2019. I am sitting in my little space called Silvervale in Los Angeles, California. It has been a very introspective couple of days um, I have acquired the um, assistance of, uh, of an assistant, <laughs> I guess, um, someone who's going to help me with marketing and promotions and contracts and the, the other side of the business so that I can focus on art and entertainment and, and doing what I do the best at. And she has uh, already proven herself amazing and uh with tremendous foresight in, in things that need to be doing, uh, that need to be done, and, and uh, uh, I think it's a very good move. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to the future work and to see where we're going to go with this. Uh, she believes in the art, uh, she believes in the business, and uh, she's working very tirelessly for me, which is which is fantastic. Anyway, there'll be more details about that as things unfold. For right now, I'm very grateful that uh, that she came along. Um, I want to pick apart this very touchy subject today, and I, uh, I I'm aware that the, those of you that started following me at the beginning uh, followed me because of my humor and the wit and the things that I do on stage and the passions that I believe in. And lately, I've been looking more at the dark side of things. But here's here's the point in me being an artist in the first place. If something troubles me, it's going to come out on stage or it's going to come out here or it's going to come out in my writings because I speak, as you know, all the ways from the heart. And uh, doing this helped me get through the divorce, helped me get through the, the rearranging and picking up of my life and getting back on with it and the move to California and all of those things. And days like this come up and I understand patriotism and I understand the love of one's country and the, uh, the horror at uh, what was done to us in the name of something that we don't quite understand or something we can't maybe put our own heads around. And I have some very strong opinions about those things, and some of my opinions may be unpopular with the way you think. And that's okay, because one of the first things I want to get out of the point out of the way is that we are diverse and we look at things differently, and I am open to changing my mind with evidence. I was brought up uh, in the Methodist church and in some Baptist churches and uh, groomed uh, as an evangelical speaker. And so I'm in touch with the passions and the directions and the thoughts of that particular mindset. But it's dangerous when you get outside 
of the tenets of love and kindness and compassion and understanding and start using your faith as a weapon instead to keep other people, other humans uh, down or away or apart or separate. We are us. We are a human race. We exist on an impossibly small chance on a, on, a, on a tiny rock mostly covered in water hurtling through the vastness of space and 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 we were given consciousness and we were given free will and we were given perspective and, and a lot of things that that are genuine gifts and I'm old enough to doubt things to 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 look at things that I held as as very very concrete things all my life and go, you know, I could be very wrong. I still have a very strong spiritual core. I I look around and I see what to me looks like evidence of an artistic creator. All the delicacy and the balance of life and, and everything that went on with it. And while I, I could be convinced that it all happened by accident, the the poetry side of me and the heart of me says that this isn't just an accident. And it's okay for me to believe that. I will not challenge uh, your belief and your faith in what you have. Uh, if you're an atheist, I love you just as much as if you believed exactly what I believe. I, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is love doesn't know boundaries and love doesn't know, you know, you think differently than I do. Love just loves. So 18 years ago, uh, some radical, religious, angry, frightened people took over some airplanes. And this is a very simplistic view. Took over some airplanes and killed roughly 3,000 people using airplanes as weapons. They flew them into buildings. They, uh, they hijacked planes, and, and one of them uh, was taken back over and crashed into the earth rather than into people. But all aboard were, were killed instantly. And as a nation, we all caught our breath and we all held hands for a moment and, and, we, and we mourned our dead and we picked up the rubble and we, we looked at each other and said, never again and, and never forget. And, and, and in that vulnerable moment, in that moment while we were afraid, in the moment when, when we were looking over our shoulders and, and looking up in the air at the planes that were not there, while we were standing in our fear, people in power took advantage of that fear and launched attacks on innocent people the same way that it happened to, to us. America flexed its great military muscle and killed 10 times, 100 times the number of people that were killed on 9-11. A great number of them innocent people a great number of them families and children and, and, and people that had no hand whatsoever in the, in the small handful of people that decided to attack us. And in, in the retaliation of those people and in, in, in standing in our fear and picking up weapons and pointing them indiscriminately at people that just seemed to not be us, we were just as wrong as those that hijacked the planes. We had to do something. 
We had to strike back. We had to get our revenge, and we had to teach our children fear, and we had to take our shoes off at the airport because one guy thought he could sneak a bomb in, in, in his shoes, and so everyone had to pay the price out of fear. And we joke about it, and we joke about how, how awful the TSA is and having to wait in lines in airports is, and, and all we, we, we joke about the symptoms, but the, the disease, the, the, the thing that is, is killing us and, and, and making us fear-frightened animals is fear itself. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, famous quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Because if we continue to stand in our fear, if we continue to draw imaginary lines and say, those people might be dangerous, so we have to send them away at the point of a gun or put their children into cages, then we are, we are turning up our nose at the gift of consciousness and kindness and life and love that we were all given. We are saying that we are so afraid that we, 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 don't, we don't rely on the love and the strength of the love that we've given. Instead, we've given power over to fear. And we've attacked innocent people because not so innocent people attacked us. And I cannot in my admittedly not entirely bright brain, I can't make those two things equal. I can't say, because you attacked me, I'm going to attack you. That's childish. That's, that's, what, that's what bullies do. And we have bigger sticks, and we have better trained men and women, and we, we have anger and, and righteous indignation on our side, and we're going to go, and we're going to, we're going to kill these people because they happen to believe, and we're going to in a different thing than we do, and we're going to mistrust these people because they, and that's, yeah, human. But if you believe in evolution, and if you believe in growth, and if you believe in love, or any combination of those things, isn't it time to grow past fear, hatred? anger, and instead, in this enlightened world, in this technologically sound, amazing life that we live right now, isn't it time to put down the weapons, to put down the finger-pointing, to put away the anger or channel it into an energy that finds a solution that we can all live with? Unlock the doors and the cages of the, ch of the, the children we've put in there? Because they were looking for a better life? Isn't there enough land to grow enough food, healthy food, food that doesn't endanger the planet or ourselves? Isn't there room enough for everyone right now? Isn't there a time and a place where you just throw open your front door and you say, you, you poor human, you poor person, you, you look hungry, let me feed you, you look tired, let me give you rest. You have need and I can help you with that need. I'll be honest with you, I was raised to be suspicious. I was raised in a household that was suspicious of black people, of brown people, of people that were from foreign countries. I was raised to be suspicious of those people, and it wasn't until very late in my life in my late 20s and early 30s when I, I found myself being enlightened by 
the fact that we are all in fact human beings and my suspicion was thinly disguised hatred. And I spent a very long time burning that hatred down and getting it out of myself. We are, we can be better people than we are living as right now. I, I see all day, never forget, never forget 9-11. And I remember uh, growing up in the, in the early, well, late 60s, early 70s, the same mantra being applied to the Holocaust. Never forget, never forget, never let fascism put its head up again. Uh, it was it was a constant ongoing thing, and I, I I understand that the the movement from nine eleven that went forward from there adopted the, the that mantra, but it's not the same thing. We have allowed in our fear, we have allowed fascism to come crawling its way back out of the swamp and and, and stick its head up and and take control over a lot of us over the same thing. So it is ironic that we are chanting never forget. And I am not here to say, I'm not trying to tell you to forget the victims. I'm not trying to tell you to forget the tragedy. I'm not telling you to not be vigilant. What I am saying is, forget the voices that stood up in the rubble and said, let's go attack. Let's go seek our vengeance. Let's go wreak the havoc that America is is able to wreak on, on these people because clearly... It was us against them. But in the bigger picture of, of all that I see, what life is, what we are doing is pitting us against us. So on September 11th, 2019, I would implore you to forget the hatred, to find it within yourselves, to forgive the misguided humans, the humans who were brought up in anger and in hatred of us. I'm saying stop the cycle. I'm saying the people that perpetrated these things, the actual people that perpetrated these things, are dead and they are gone and they are erased from the face of the earth along with a whole ton of innocent people and it's time to forget the guilty. It's time to stop putting the spotlight back on the guilty again and again and again. Learn from it, yes. Be vigilant, yes. But stop hating. Forgive. Here's an unpopular statement. The terrorists that took over the airplanes used the airplanes as tools and of weapons to take life, to destroy property, to advance what they were convinced was the correct way of life. They, were, they used the planes as tools and as weapons. But if you take a step back further from that picture, they themselves, those men that, that did the deed, were also being used as tools. They were convinced by someone they trusted that this was the right thing to do. They were absolutely uh, steeped in their own faith that what they were doing was the correct thing, that they were, they were doing the noble thing, that they were doing the brave thing, that they would be rewarded by a higher power. And I see a lot of that same rhetoric 18 years later among the evangelicals and among the, the, the people of, 
I won't use the phrase the church because I believe the church is something different than, than what it what it used to be or, or what it was intended to be, perhaps. But I personally set aside organized religion and the and the the tenets that said hate, that said be unkind, that said shun the interloper. I don't worship the gun. And I don't worship the vengeful God. I worship love. And I try to lead and live my life by the pillars of love. And love, <laughs> uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda says in, in a song of his, love does not discriminate. Love embraces the misguided as well as the faithful. And sometimes those two words are interchangeable. For my former Christian brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm the former Christian, not you. I, I know you strive to do the right thing, and I know that you believe in the sacrifice and the, and the, and the words you are taught, but I, uh, I've forgotten where I was going with that sentence. I got caught up in my own head. It, it is it is it is the love that was preached it was the forgiveness that was preached it, it, it was not said you know forgive this person unless they kill your family love your enemy means loving your enemy wanting the very best for this human being and and, and hoping that they set aside their hatred and the things they have been taught that causes them to hate and divide and embrace love and in so doing improve the world. But it, it has to start right there at home as well. You cannot wait for the enemy to come around to your side. You And you certainly, under under what the, the actual teachings uh, come down to, you certainly don't chase him into his hole and and kill him there, or chase him to his home and kill him there. You, you love and you forgive because they were given bad information, because they used their passion and their anger and their hatred, and they killed. Can we not be better than that? And oh, I know you're saying to yourself now, yeah, yeah, Mr. Mr. Liberal, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Hannibal, it's so much more difficult than that. I have people that, that I know that were killed on 9-11. Yeah, yeah, you know, me too. I do too. A small, small parable. I, I am... <laughs> It's a part of my life right now where I'm, I'm, I'm going into being a teacher. I'm going into, I'm going to be teaching not necessarily magic itself, but magic theory and magic, the, 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 the basis of the art and the performance rather than the, the tricks themselves. But you learn a few things in 54 years. At least one would, would hope that one would. Small parable. Um, 27 years ago. 1992, my mother was murdered. My mother was murdered in cold blood. My mother was murdered by someone she trusted. My mother was murdered by someone she put her absolute faith in. And she was killed by that person. 
And I came to discover the truth of this after she was gone. I was with my mother when she passed. I was there as the machines were turned off. I was there as she took her last breath. And I promised her that I would continue to do the art that I was doing. I was not yet a magician. I promised her that I would keep doing the art that I was doing in memory of her and that everything that I would put out on stage would be out of the love that she taught me to live under. I found out later that she was killed after an investigation showed me the proof that she was killed. The problem was her murderer got away with it. Because of circumstances, and I've told this story in more detail before, so I'm not really going to go into that now, but I was set up in a certain way that the person that killed my mother was able to walk away scot-free, never saw the inside of a cell, never saw the inside of a courtroom. Charges were never leveled. Uh, I was told by the detective, we know for a fact that this person did it. We know how they did it but we cannot prove it in court. We do not have the evidence that will stand up in court to do anything, and a grand jury will not grant this as a trial. So they get to walk free. And they're still alive. And they're still out there. And not terribly long ago, a matter of a couple of years, I forgave that person, and I did it publicly. I carried anger and hatred and, and vengeance inside of me. And had I not, had I not been married at the time, had I not had two small children that depended on me at the time, I know the person that I was would have gone and exacted revenge. I would have taken that person's life as surely as they took my mother's. And I blamed myself for many years, for not doing that, for not seeking revenge, for not finding a way to let them know that they were not going to get away with it. But something inside of me changed lately, lately, within the past five years or so. Something inside of me has changed that said they will have to live with whatever demons they carry because of this, with whatever guilt or not guilt that they have. But I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to pass it on to the next generation. I'm not going to pass it on to my children that, that hate is the way to deal with things, that anger and vengeance and a vengeance and et cetera and et cetera is not the way to deal with things. There was a chance for the court to pick it up. The court decided there was not enough evidence, justice was not met. And I could let that fester and feed and burn and rot inside of me for the rest of my life. And I very nearly did. But after meditating for a very long time, and after debating pros and cons and etc., and on and on and on, I decided to simply forgive. It was one of the hardest decisions of my life, but I decided to forgive, and I went and I took a lyric from a Marillion song. Surprise, I brought up Marillion. 
I took a lyric from a Merlian song, and I had it tattooed on my right forearm. The, uh, the arm, the hand, that can deliver punishment, or it can stretch out in love. And on the inside of my forearm is a feather and a tattoo that says, Or you could love. You can seek out vengeance, or you could love. You could spend the rest of your life hating and being afraid and hiding in corners and worshipping guns and worshipping invisible lines on the ground. Or you could love. September 11th, 2019, I choose to love, I choose to forgive, they're dead anyway, I cannot dig them up and exact any other revenge, they're gone. Let their hatred and their anger and everything and the terror they tried to spread on us, let that die too. Let it die with their dusty bones. I fail to be as eloquent as I would like to be, but I think my point is getting across. Don't forget the dead. Don't forget to be vigilant. Don't, don't forget that hatred causes death. But instead, at least for a while, Try to love at least as hard as you feared once upon a time. I, uh, I know that some of you may not appreciate what I've had to say, and I know that there are loved ones that, that were lost because of this and because of uh, the wars that came afterwards and, and some of them that are still ongoing. And, and, and I get it. I get I get the passion that you want to reach out and make somebody pay. You want to make somebody pay. The price is past due. In a large, large way, it already has been paid. It's been paid with human lives. It's been paid with fear. It's been paid with the rise of fascism and, and even Nazism in some cases again because there are still people who are out there who are preying on your fear. I'm not endorsing or inviting crime. What I am saying is love and forgive. And maybe you're not ready. Maybe you don't have enough to forgive everything right now. Forgive what you can. Celebrate the lives of those that were lost. But don't keep raising the blood-stained flag and, and, and gathering underneath it as a, as a way of, um, of proving something or, or of inciting something. If you're going to incite, incite peace. Incite calmness. In, incite kindness among people. Change the cycle. I am still young enough and naive enough to believe that that can actually work, that love can actually win and will eventually actually win. I do not believe in the religion of my mother and father anymore. 
I, I simply don't. I do believe in higher power. I do believe in a creative author of this universe because that's the evidence my eyes see. And I don't find any harm in that believing towards anyone else. The higher power that I believe in presses me to use the art that I have in my hands for good, for uplifting, for love, for love, for mending fences and building bridges, not for dividing, not for us against them, not for white people versus brown people. And if I have privilege, and God knows I have privilege, let me use it to mend and to heal rather than to divide and destroy. That's all I'm asking of my life is that when I'm gone, I will leave the legacy of at least trying to show love and sow love and give love. Call me crazy. Call me naive. Call me unpatriotic, but I choose not to worship the country. I choose instead to throw my heart open to the universe and say there's a better way. You could draw the lines anywhere you want to, or you could erase them. And we could help the hungry, the sick, the desperate. And if we, here's a philosophy for you, if you're still listening, if we as a nation, as a powerful group of people, as a privileged group of people, could feed and support and help and nurture, then when the bad people come to attack us, we would have the strength of the entire world behind us like we did for a few brief moments 18 years ago. If we were seen as indeed the shining light and not, not building a prison wall around ourselves to keep ourselves in and to keep everyone else out, if we didn't build walls, if instead we built bridges, if instead we extended hands that were empty and not filled with weapons, couldn't we more easily change the world to a kinder place? I'll talk about card tricks next week. I love you. And on September 11th, 2019, I sincerely hope that there's love where you are. Sitting on the corner, staring down this reading wall. Making fun of faces at the people we don't meet a whoa, whoa. Holding out of pockets for all the world to see a world Singing our old songs, busking you and me a It's funny how they always seem to wanna get away from you Throw a little money and say, hey man, now do just what you do. You sing a little anthem and answer, hey man, I am. Just a little more dough and I'll show you where I stand. 
That's the plan, ain't life grand Breaking in the quarters, nickels and the dimes are warm Just breathing and dreaming and passing by the time of war Whoa. Thinking of the past and what we live for then whoa. Where we're living now, our worries in the winter whoa. 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 It's funny how she always seems to want to get away from you She calls you honey in the job but when she's out your glue Lord it's true Put your axe up in the case and then you ease and making haste for the door. Then you bust it to the corner, get your busking all in order for the show. On the road, here we go. I play a whoa, whoa. Days turn into weeks and weeks are into years of woe. We live for the fans and make the music in the ears of woe, whoa, whoa. Chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. 